Most people have heard of phytoestrogens, but did you know there are beneficial phytoandrogens that mimic and support testosterone and more? The top source of these is pine pollen. If you're looking for 100% natural hormonal support for men and women, you've got to try this. Right now, Lost Empire Herbs' best-selling pine pollen is available for one penny plus shipping and handling. Go to GeniusPollen.com to find out more and grab yourself a bag today. No hidden charges, no trial offer, no shenanigans. Just a low-cost way to try Lost Empire Herbs' top product for next to nothing. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Uh, today I have a repeat guest, Logan Christopher. He's the uh, CEO of Lost Empire Herbs. Their website is lostempireherbs.com. It's a family-owned company, herb-oriented company created by three like-minded brothers who have a passion for living a healthy, athletic lifestyle. I've known Logan now for a couple of years. I've uh, tried some of the products of Lost Empire Herbs. They're really good. They're actually pretty potent, but they do seem to work really well. And Logan's a very knowledgeable person in many areas, herbs, uh, nutrition, et cetera. So Logan, thank you for coming. Yep. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your background. How did you get into starting this company? For Lost Empire Herbs, it was uh, kind of an idea my brother had he was getting our top herb pine pollen which i'm sure we'll talk about a bit from another company and he's just kind of a natural salesman guy so he was talking about it to his friends and one day he's like hey if i find a supplier could we start a company because i was already doing things with my other company legendary strength and the originally started as a personal trainer but went on to do stuff with bodyweight exercises kettlebells full-time strongman stuff uh, so for a long time, the herbs were my secret weapon, but then we started this company and it was real small. We were kind of just funding our own supply in the beginning of these great mm-hmm. herbs and it, it grew nicely from there. So now we're, uh, you know, shipping herbs all over the world, helping a lot of people. Okay. So uh, currently, what kind of herbs do you supply to people? I, I know there's a lot of them, but what are some of the um, the top needs that you hear from customers? Yeah, our our main thing that we're well known for is for hormonal support especially for guys but we definitely have some great stuff for women as well you know everyone's familiar with the idea that testosterone declines with age or uh, with women you have uh, menopause and the different shifts in the hormones along those lines this is compounded by the fact that we have a whole bunch of endocrine disrupting chemicals in our environment these days which makes it quite worse so there's research showing like a in man a population level decline in testosterone so everyone's getting hit Kind of regardless of age. So a lot of these herbs can be really helpful for, you know, kind of rebooting or optimizing, helping the hormonal system to turn on. And that in turn is going to have a wide range of benefits from, of course, sexual benefits, but uh, workout and recovery benefits, bouncing back from injuries, uh, mood support, mental clarity, really testosterone and other hormones really touch on all these different functions because, you know, that's a big part of how our human body functions. Hmm. So what, how long have you been providing herbs to people and what have you noticed about like consumer preferences and, and wants? What, what need do you feel like you're fulfilling that 
let's say yeah. other herb companies or supplement companies don't. Yeah. So we've been doing this since 2012. And like I said, we started real small, didn't really understand everything we were doing in the space, but uh, we were just interested in kind of different things. So most people have not even heard of a lot of the herbs that we sell. So I mentioned pine pollen. This is literally the pollen of pine trees, but very few people have heard of this as a, uh, a supplement, something that you can take. Uh, so we kind of specialize in a lot of lesser known items, though some of them are becoming a bit more trendy and popular, such as reishi mushroom or ashwagandha. I'd say most health conscious people at this point in time have probably heard of that, at least uh, within the USA. But, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't necessarily the case. So we focus on some of these lesser known ones. And I like this idea of performance herbalism. So we're trying to focus on herbs that will give people tangible benefits, feelable benefits. So they actually notice effects from something that they're taking. You know, a lot of people take, I say supplements on faith. So even if they hear a scientific study that this is supposed to be good for them, they take it and they may have no clue whether it's actually doing anything for them. So if we can deliver a feelable, uh, tangible benefit to someone, then they know that they're getting good results from it. That's where we really like to focus. In addition to that, really just focusing on the, you know, the quality of the herbs. We do things like third-party independent testing, and we display those tests uh, live on the website so people can check them out. I'm really surprised that more supplement companies do not do this. So various things like that, that shows that we really stand behind what we're doing. And after all, we, me and my brothers got into this business because uh, we wanted these herbs for ourselves. So we're first and foremost, our own customers. Yeah, what are the, the forms of the herbs? I know that some are tinctures, which I guess mm -hmm. is a liquid. Yep. Um, some of them are powders, which I guess you mix with water and then drink. Uh, what you know, Are there any other major forms? And what do you see as the trade-off between those two forms, at least? Yeah, the, the other main form that m most people would be familiar with that kind of goes along with our society is in some sort of capsule or pill. This is obviously a very convenient way to take something. Uh, you avoid the taste of the herb, which in some cases is nice because many of these herbs can be very bitter or otherwise not so great tasting. And largely the, the U.S. palate has uh, been shifted towards, you know, sweet and salty and intense flavors and really not any bitterness at all. However, there is a drawback to that. If you look at the ancient systems like Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, the taste was clue of the function of that herb. And not only that, but by tasting it yourself, your body is clued into what to do with it. So we, we've heard from customers before that will try one of our capsule products and say, I, I didn't really notice any benefits, but then I, I took the powder instead. And with that, they did notice benefits. So it's an interesting thing that happens there. Now, shifting over to the powders, these are one, it's going to be a little bit more cost effective because getting powders into capsules does take machinery and production time and all that. So you are going to save a bit more money working with the powders. These are a great way to be able to take many different herbs, especially if you're taking a larger dose. Some of our herbs, we recommend even up to like uh, pine pollen, up to three tablespoons worth. That's not the normal dose, but that's what we call the mega dose. And to take this, forgetting the exact number off the top of my head, but that'd be something like 20 to 30 pills. Most people don't want to swallow that many at a time. So a powder is actually a little bit more efficient in this way. Some of the powders mix very easily into water, or you can blend them into smoothies, into juices, different things like that. Really kind of depends on the herb you're working with. Uh, so we sell a lot, a wide variety of different powdered extracts. 
Then lastly, there is the tincture, uh, which is a word that means a an alcohol extract. So the herbs are soaked in alcohol, which can range in, from a low percentage to a much higher percentage. And then this is pressed off. And uh, the tincture, the alcohol draws out many of the compounds. And you squirt the tincture, ideally under your tongue. You have a very thin cell wall there. This allows the components within the tincture to absorb directly into your bloodstream. So many of the herbs are going to be a little bit more effective or efficient in this way. It's also very convenient to take. So you get the taste of the herb, but it's not like, oh, I need to mix this into a powder. So me personally, like tinctures are my favorite way to go, but I still use powders and capsules as well. So that's a little bit of an overview of the different product types we have. Yeah. I I mean, so I get home, you know, my, my wife is able to drink large amounts of liquid quick, but I can't, I take like tiny sips. Mm-hmm. If we were in the desert, I would probably die of thirst much, you know, way before her. So she's okay more with powders, but for me, even if it's like disgusting, I can get a tincture down because it's just a lot less volume. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's like personality of people that would lead them one way or another? Or And, and again, are there some herbs that only really should be done in tincture or only in powder? For, yes. For reasons? yes, there are some cases. Most herbs you're going to be able to do different formats, but there are some cases where a tincture is much preferred over a powder or vice versa. So it really does depend on the herbs. And as you said, it also depends on the person too. So this is unfortunately the answer, like everyone wants like, oh, what's the one thing I should do and keep it simple for me. But with herbs, especially uh, we talk about, you know, experiment with the herbs, find what works for you. This may mean different extract types. Uh, This may mean different dosages all over the place. But like I said, I'm a big fan of tinctures. I have about 20 of them just sitting on my desk. I like to take them throughout my day in kind of an intuitive manner. You know, what am I looking for if I need a little bit more of a focus boost? I, I got a mental focus formula that I'm experimenting with right now. So that's real good. Really easy and efficient to take. Most supplements are taken on faith and can take weeks or months to have an effect. Even supplements backed by scientific studies may or may not deliver those same benefits to you. But what if you could feel the results of what you took within just a few days? Lost Empire Herbs offers the highest quality, wild-harvested, non-irradiated pine pollen, and that can dramatically impact your hormones fast. Right now, you can grab it for one cent plus shipping and handling at GeniusPollen.com. Okay. Uh, So you mentioned pine pollen a couple times. What what is that specifically for? And um... I don't know. Have you, have you got a new source of it that's particularly good? Is that why you're mentioning it? Uh, so pine pollen, it, it's our most popular item. We've had the same source for quite some time. It's just a really helpful herb these days. So I, I mentioned the endocrine disrupting chemicals are in, in our environment. So a lot of people need help with hormonal support, even like younger guys and women as well. This is extremely useful in that. So most people have, again, health conscious people have heard of the term phytoestrogens. This means plant estrogens, things like soy or hops or flax. They have a lot of these compounds in there that are going to mimic estrogen in some sort of action within the body. Uh, some of these can be beneficial, and there's uh, some reasons to believe that you know going overboard is not so great with these. Uh, the truth is phytoestrogens are found in a whole lot more foods than most people realize, although they've sometimes heard of these things. There's in apples, nuts, and seeds. Almost all of them, coffee has it, the hops and beer and wine itself has phytoestrogen. So these are quite common. It doesn't seem 
nearly as common, or maybe just science has not investigated it quite to the degree, but there are also phytoandrogens. So these are going to be compounds that act on the androgen receptors in there. This is the, the sex hormones related to testosterone, DHEA, and others along those lines. So pine pollen is a rich source of phytoandrogens. It actually contains testosterone and DHEA. It contains the human hormones uh, because they're not just human. Uh, you know, nature came out with these before we were around, most likely. Uh, but it also has some novel phytoandrogens, so uh, compounds called gibberellins or racinosteroids that are going to have hormonal action within our body. So however it works, and again, science on this one is quite limited, but it seems to go in and help the human body to really activate and be in a more higher testosterone state. So this is well known for men, but the, the truth is women need testosterone as well. And while there are definitely cases of women that have too much testosterone, there are many cases of women having low testosterone. So it could be useful to use something along these lines. What are the effects of uh, phytoestrogens versus like xenoestrogens that may come from, you know, man-made compounds that are in, let's say, I'm just making this up, shampoos or other yeah. products like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I've actually been writing on this on uh, the Lost Empire Herbs blog recently, uh, talking about the difference between them. So after researching this for a long time, my kind of blanket recommendation is you want to cut down or avoid xenoestrogens as much as po possible. It, xenoestrogens and endocrine disrupting chemicals. So xeno means alien or foreign. Many of these chemicals like bisphenol A, which is in plastics, and unfortunately, many of the BPA-free plastics are just using uh, BPS or BPF instead, which are going to have much of the same effects. Mentioned in shampoos, you're going to find things like parabens. Then you have phthalates and uh, plastics and various other things, flame retardants. Many of these chemicals do have a estrogenic activity, but that's not the only thing that they do. They are endocrine disrupting. So hormonal disrupting uh, phthalates, for instance, are directly anti-androgenic. So this may be one of the contributors to that, those decreases in testosterone. Other ones are going to target other hormone systems, for instance, the thyroid. Uh, some of these are known as obesogens because it can contribute to metabolic disorder in that way. So overall, trying to cut down, cut out as much as possible endocrine disrupting chemicals, I think is a good thing for everybody's health. It's because these chemicals have never been seen in nature uh, before we started tinkering around in the lab in the last hundred years or so. So the body doesn't necessarily know what to do with them. Certainly it can detox these to some degree, but these can get just stored within the body and then affect many different things. So this is going to be a contributor to many different chronic diseases. So that's my recommendation. Try to get rid of these as much as possible. Now, we live in an environment where this stuff is literally in the air we breathe. So you can't cut it out completely, but you can make long steps, big steps towards reducing these. Phytoestrogens, on the other hand, these can have some benefits. So many men are scared off the idea. They think they want to get rid of all estrogen, but like women need testosterone, men need estrogen as well, which is helpful for sexual function, for neuroprotective benefits, and much more. It's just an, you need to be in the right range. So too much estrogen can be problematic as well as too little estrogen. So the phytoestrogens, they can be beneficial. I don't recommend just eating like way too much soy. I think that has problems more in it just being an ultra processed food. And then there's a goitrogen effect where it can affect the thyroid. So you don't want to go overboard on some of these foods like soy that have a whole bunch of these, especially if you are already estrogen dominant. 
But for the average person, seeking to avoid phytoestrogens completely, I think is not very useful at all. In fact, pine pollen, although is mostly phytoandrogen, that does have a compound beta-cytosterol, which is a phytoestrogen as well. So uh, you're going to find a lot of these different things in nature. So once again, break that all down because I said a lot there. Try to avoid endocrine disrupting chemicals as much as possible. Phytoestrogens aren't as much of a concern and it can actually be mm. beneficial in certain circumstances. Well, just to reiterate, what happens if uh, a man gets too much estrogen versus a woman getting too much estrogen? Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the uh, you know the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going. And I love coffee. Thank you. Right. So estrogen dominance in a man, you're going to see a variety of different symptoms arriving from that. So estrogen dominance is described as having more estrogen than testosterone or uh, an elevated ratio between these beyond what is really healthy. So you're going to see fatigue, uh, lethargy, not a lot of energy, not a good recovering ability from workouts or injuries in general, not much drive or motivation to do things, whether that's in the gym or uh, working or whatever. You have a not great mood, so being a little more, more likely to get into depression, lowered sexual function, as I mentioned, could be one of these. So these are some of the symptoms that would happen with a man. Now, with a woman, women's hormones overall are just far more complex than men. So it is a bit trickier. As I said, they do need testosterone, and this is useful for libido, among other things, uh, drive and motivation. The funny thing, most people don't recognize this, is that women actually have more testosterone than they do estrogen. Estrogen is just a super potent thing that even though it's this very small amount, it's measured in, I believe it's picograms rather than nanograms. Women have more estrogen than men have and less testosterone, but they actually have more testosterone than estrogen floating with, uh, around in their bodies. So this is going to be helpful having the right amount. Again, there can be too much estrogen or too little, and it's, it's really a wide range of symptoms that's also going to be tied into other ones as well. For instance, progesterone. And in the different ages of women, when you're coming up to, uh, you know, from puberty to menopause, we can see different shifts happen along the lines. But a lot of the symptoms that are going to happen with PMS, these can be exacerbated by having any of these hormones out of whack. And the same thing around menopause, a lot more of the, the symptoms are there if the hormones are heavily imbalanced. Um, what about testosterone? So if you have low or high testosterone in men versus women, what effects will be noticed? So with men, high testosterone, so there, we can talk about high in different ways, just having like a high ideal amount. Uh, this is close to around a thousand nanograms per deciliter. If you take a, a blood test, 
then of course you got to look at other things like free testosterone versus total testosterone you know a high amount is going to be someone that feels good they have a lot of drive they're going out there and doing things in the world essentially kind of the prototypical you know high testosterone male out there testosterone when it goes overboard like you see with steroid use this is associated with too much aggression and you can see symptoms of like acne increases or back knee, especially where it will show up on the shoulders and the back. That would be a sign of too much going on, but can also be tied into some other issues such as diet. So you want to be, again, it's like all things, there's, there's a Goldilocks zone that we want to be in. So you don't want to have way too much, but you also don't want to have too little. With too little testosterone, I think we mentioned this before, but depression, lethargy, not much drive not great sexual function. Oftentimes the desire can be there, but there can be other issues going on with erectile dysfunction, for instance. So those are some of the symptoms to look out for in men. With women too high of testosterone, this is often seen with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It can, some of the same symptoms there, you know, overly sexual or aggressive. The acne can be a thing, a sign of too much testosterone. In women. Now, on the flip side, too low testosterone, some of the same, same benefits or symptoms there as well. So, too little energy, too little drive, too little sexual function, these can all be symptoms there. So, you, you do see some similarities across the different sexes with these hormones, but you'll also see a, a little bit of differences as well. Yeah, I've noticed, um, you know, I had low testosterone for a while, and I noticed when I supplemented, I was able to think more clearly. Sometimes it, it felt like too much and I did feel aggressive, but for the most part, I felt a lot better, more alive, more energy, mm-hmm. woke up early, easier. And again, it just, I felt like my, my brain power increased, which was great. And, you know, also your romantic desires increased, which you have to be careful of too. If it gets <laughs> yeah. too intense, it's, it's no fun. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they call it, it's, testosterone has been called like the success hormone. It, in addition to the body, it actually does have effects in the uh, neurology as well. So it is important for not just mood, like feeling great, but also like the mental clarity, the focus and concentration that comes along with this. And this is going to be important again for men and women. Overall, doctors and various people tend to not even look at testosterone in women. I think this is something that could be done a lot more because it really does play an important role. So uh, pine pollen, this is mm-hmm. used to help what support natural functional levels of testosterone in men and women, or who is it for? What does it do? Yeah, so pine pollen comes in a couple different forms that we were talking about. The powder we see as really more of a, a superfood, right? So it, it, is, it does have these phytoandrogens and other compounds. It's loaded with all sorts of other vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, various compounds and flavonoids that are in there. So it's, it's really nutritive. It contains a lot of nutrition and can help the body in many different ways, but we see the powder as kind of optimizing, helping lend kind of the starter material for the body to uh, have great results uh, in the the hormonal department. So that is useful there. Then there's also the pine pollen tincture. This is where you have that alcohol extracting off some of the compounds. For whatever reason, it seems to draw off these phytoandrogens and kind of concentrate them and make them directly available to the bloodstream as I talked about, when put under the tongue rather than having to go through the digestive process. In this case, it is more directly boosting to testosterone. So 
you got to be more careful with this. Uh, we kind of recommend pine pollen for just about anybody. It's relatively safe as a food. They would actually like bake it into pies and cakes and stuff in China where it has been used for thousands of years. But with the, the tincture, we want to be more careful with this. The general recommendation, it's only for guys that are 30 and older. However, we've seen exceptions to that. I myself, I, I started using pine pollen tincture when I was 27. I, I feel like for a variety of reasons, I was not, I didn't grow up with as much testosterone as I might have, but I actually got to a point working with this and uh, some other herbs, of course, and lifestyle stuff where pine pollen in the tincture is actually too powerful for me now. Uh, you mentioned a little bit with that, like if I take that too much, I'm distractingly horny, like the libido goes up, which is nice to have in certain circumstances, but if you're trying to do other things, it can be a bit too much at times. Uh, yeah. So the, the pine pollen tincture is quite a bit stronger. So again, that's more boosting to testosterone and the pine pollen powder also available in capsules is going to be more kind of optimizing to the hormones as a whole. Oh, now we have seen some other exceptions to this. So some women have taken the pine pollen tincture, especially if they know they have low testosterone, like they've done some blood work on that, or just looking at all the different symptoms, it seems quite clear that that is the case. Then here, instead of taking a dropper full, uh, many women get great results just working with like one to three drops. So taking very small amounts of this and it can still have tremendous benefits for them across these different areas that testosterone can help with. So we, we started to kind of widen out this recommendation that uh, some more women should be trying this as well. But again, the, the powder is kind of the safer, easier bet for most people Then the tincture is the more kind of the stronger herbal ingredient. Oh, when's the best time to take it? And should people break it up and have it twice a day? Should it be morning or night? And what, what would be a good chaser for it? Because it's it is a strong taste. It's like, whoa, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it is there's not a hard and fast rule with that with testosterone. So guys have a daily testosterone rhythm. It kind of flows along with other hormones such as cortisol, the stress hormone. Testosterone is going to start raising in the morning. So a, a good way to take it is in the morning and in the afternoon. It's not really stimulating at all. So there, there's no problems. I haven't heard of anyone like losing sleep over taking pine pollen. So morning and afternoon is a good time, especially if you like feel kind of energized by it, that, that'll work great. Uh, we do also recommend people take it before bed. Um, uh, specifically, the pine pollen powder seems to have an effect uh, for guys in the morning wood department. We don't know all the mechanisms of how this works, but it seems to work quite well. We've heard many, many, many different case reports of such effects. And specifically, a good way to get this effect is taking that megadose I mentioned before, uh, which is three tablespoons, and you, you take that in a glass of water in the morning, then that effect is likely to be quite a bit more pronounced in the morning. So no hard and fast rules here, and this is very much, whether it's the powder or the tincture, can kind of play with it and see what works best for you, what works best in your routine. Just once a day is fine, but you can also spread it out throughout the day. For the taste, the pine pollen does have a, a slightly bitter taste. It's kind of piney, kind of depends on when the harvest. Sometimes we, we find our supply is a little bit more piney tasting and smelling than other times. But in either case, it does have a little bit of bitterness to it. 
for most people, you know, the palate's going to adjust a little bit. So some people come to really like the taste after some time. Other people, you know, they might not like it <laughs> quite as much. So again, we do have the, the capsules available in that case. Uh, you can mix it with a wide variety of other things. So we've had people put it in their coffee, in their tea, into smoothies with fruit or who knows what else. It, it can really be mixed in many of these other things. Uh, one tip for herbs and other things that have a, a bitter flavor. If you take it with something that's sour, that's often going to cut the bitterness quite strongly. So, you know, people have mixed pine pollen with grapefruit juice, for instance, that's going to be a way that just kind of makes it a little bit more palatable. And of course, you know, masking it with a sweetness as well, a way of doing it. So like in smoothies with fruit, that will definitely make it so you're not tasting the, the pine pollen or other herbs nearly as much. Is there anything that people should not eat either with it or at all when they're taking it? No, with the herbs, because really the body is seeing them as foods, not necessarily medicine. So you are going to get results whether you're taking it with or without food. In in general, a word of advice is that if you take something without food, it, it's going to kind of go through the digestion a bit faster. So you may get more of a kind of quick hit from it. This can be a good way to feel things a little bit better, like take a, a big dose on an empty stomach and see what you notice at that time. So your digestion is going to have just a little less time with it just because, you know, that's it's a small amount of stuff that is moving through, especially if you're mixing it with liquid. If you want to absorb more of it, then taking it along with food is generally going to be a better process because then you have all that food in your stomach and the herbs are going to sit there and kind of go through that process a bit more. But because you're taking it with a bunch of food, you're not as likely to get that kind of quick hit or the feelable, noticeable benefits as fast. Yeah. Um, how does it work in the body? What is it doing? Can you, are you able to describe that? <laughs> with pine pollen, it's, it's difficult because there is literally like next to no science on it. It is starting to grow a little bit, but mostly it's in cell lines or animals. And really looking at the, the hormonal effects, uh, that for the most part is not being done. In the science right now, there's a couple preliminary things, but in a more general sense, when you have something like phytoandrogens, or this could be phytoestrogens, these are going to be able to dock into the androgen receptors or estrogen receptors, respectively, and they may be, they can be strong or they can be weak. So even though it may dock in the receptor, it isn't necessarily having all the same effects that testosterone is having. If we think of ourselves kind of like a lock and key concept, which may not be accurate, but this is the way you can think of it. You know, these androgens can come in and be lending some sort of effect to this system by having more of these available. It can different herbs and different processes may also help your body to synthesize more of the of its own supply of these hormones. So pine pollen, I would say, is likely having some effect on this front as well. And we have seen with uh, customers and clients increases on their own testosterone levels with before and after blood tests. So it is helping to synthesize more, which may have to do with, you know, lending the nutrition, the nutrients, the cofactors that are needed for the synthesis or the conversion of different chemicals within the body. So via a wide variety of uh, different functions, these can be happening. Uh, one other thing is just kind of changing the kind of the signaling pathway. So maybe supporting some different ways, because if you look at hormone synthesis in the body, it's, it is a very, very, very complex subject. There's so many different hormones and different cofactors that are involved. So uh, something going in like this 
where there are 200 plus nutrients in pine pollen, it's hard to see exactly how things are happening, especially when we have the limited science available on it right now. But it definitely is doing something. At some point, I would like to be able to fund studies or someone to do this where we could see exactly uh, the different kind of mechanisms that it is working through and see, you know, get the scientific data behind having results for people. But right now we're having to rely mostly on anecdotal evidence and various hypotheses about how it works. How come people can't just go on Amazon and get Toncatali or whatever, mm-hmm. anything that promises them like massive testosterone boost type stuff? What, you know, where do you get your herbs from if you're able to say, and, you know, I've had good experiences with them, but how do people know that they're, they're likely to have a good experience with it? Like, where, where do you get your stuff from? Yep. Uh, not everything on Amazon is bad. For instance, we do sell our products on there. So you, you can find good stuff on there. Uh, but <laughs> you got to be aware for sure. It, it's tricky. The whole supplement industry is definitely has some shadiness to it, as does pretty much every industry out there to one degree or another. So we have different suppliers across the world. We do get many of our herbs from China and India, which have reputations of being not so great places. And these reputations are earned to some degree, but that doesn't mean everything coming from the, the country is, you know, contaminated with heavy metals or isn't what they say it is. So we have different suppliers, uh, but what we do is we vet the suppliers and we send in all of our herbs for third-party independent lab testing to uh, verify that it is what they say it is, which is very important. Then we look at heavy metal contaminants and we have a stricter grading system than uh, the U.S. government requires, for instance. So that is something that we do. If something does not pass that, then we do not put it out there. Uh, We're also testing for uh, microbiological contamination, which is kind of a standard thing as well. And as I said before, you can see these third-party independent lab tests on our website. Uh, We put them up there so people can see that for themselves that this is what we say it is and passes these different qualifiers. So that's a big thing that we do. Um, Some of the other stuff is where possible, we like show as much as we can as far as the processing, the different uh, steps in the the quality that is behind this. If you just go and find a random supplement on Amazon, especially if it's a really cheap one, you know, in the herbal world with supplements in general, you kind of get what you pay for. This doesn't mean some things aren't hugely inflated, but it's also not the best bet to go with the cheapest thing that you can find because here you will also often find things that um, aren't what they say they are. They're uh, cut or uh, adulterated with other things in the sexual function realm. So many of our herbs have these functions. What happens with some Chinese supplements especially is they'll say it's one thing, but then it's actually generic Viagra. They contaminate it with these things to give the effect. So you're taking drugs while thinking you're just taking a natural herb. In many cases, that's really bad. Tested, yeah, that's yeah, not good. <laughs> so we have tested some of our herbs for this. Each one, the tests that we do cost like several hundred dollars. So it's a very expensive process and we are constantly rolling more and more tests out. But especially for the ones that are known uh, where this can be a problem, uh, we test our products to ensure that, again, it's what they say it is and isn't doesn't have these adulterants in it that can be quite harmful. So yeah, you got to be aware of that stuff with any sort of supplement supplier. Yeah. What are some of the common supplements that you see people taking in an attempt to get the same benefits as pine pollen that either may or may not be good? Like I've seen Tomcat Ali, and I'm not sure what else, but um, 
any yep. thoughts or ideas on other stuff out there. Absolutely. Yeah, Tonkat. So besides pine pollen, Tonkat Ali is another one that we sell, and that's one of our top hormonal support uh, herbs as well. Works through some different mechanisms, but it does seem to work quite well. So some of our customers prefer the pine pollen or prefer Tonkat. Some of them take them both. It, it can be really great stuff. It, it's interesting with herbs, the more popular something becomes, and Tonkat Ali is way more popular than pine pollen, uh, the more the grifters kind of flood into the space, <laughs> unfortunately. So you see more outrageous claims and often not as high quality of stuff, especially, yeah, with a place, just a marketplace where anyone can throw anything on there, such as Amazon, uh, you definitely need to be careful. So that's unfortunately the case that the more popular things become, then the less quality you'll actually find out there of it. But if you get the right stuff, if you get good quality, quality Tonkat, it definitely has uh, testosterone boosting effects for it as well. Um, some of the other herbs that are known for this, Sistanch, Tribulus, there's a whole variety, Ashwagandha, and different herbs are going to work on different mechanisms, and some may work better than others. I mentioned Ashwagandha, that's one that we have. We only have it available as a tincture, uh, but it's super high quality. And Ashwagandha helps with testosterone, not really directly by itself, but because this tends to lower cortisol levels. And cortisol, as I mentioned before, is the known as the stress hormone. These get chronically elevated when we're under chronic, uh, chronic stress loads, whether this is from work or you know toxins in our environment, our food supply, what have you. Uh, most people have too much stress today. So this raises up cortisol and cortisol is not bad. It's actually the cleanup crew that's trying to do the right things in the body. So ashwagandha as an adaptogen can come in and help the body better be able to adapt to stress. It actually kind of rewires your body's ability to do that. So with that, we often see cortisol decrease. And cortisol and testosterone have been to work by an inverse ratio. So because it's actually created from some of the same starter material from a, a cholesterol and pregnenolone, then if there's the body needs more cortisol, it's going to go to that rather than going to testosterone. So if you lower your cortisol levels, then you have more of the starter material to be able to make more testosterone. So that's a mechanism by which ashwagandha works that one I can elucidate quite a bit more clearly than I can say with the, the pine pollen, uh, because it has been studied a whole bunch more, but it's yeah entirely different mechanism because pine pollen is not doing that in the same way. Interesting. So what happens to someone that uh, needs testosterone and the cortisol pathway provides it versus the, um, you know, the normal testosterone pathway, what happens to them? Does it do just as well or does it cause them some problems or? Yeah. So it, again, this is the thing. So just because you have low testosterone, that doesn't really give the complete pictures. Like why do you have a uh, low testosterone? Can we get back to the, the cause and effect? Yeah. What is really having this? So cortisol itself, it, it isn't on the same pathway as testosterone. Uh, but a couple steps before, there is material like uh, pregnenolone and progesterone that if these end up getting converted into cortisol and the other corticosteroids, then they cannot be converted into testosterone. So cortisol itself doesn't convert to that, but some of the starter material does. So I hope that makes it a bit more clear. So if a person has yeah. low testosterone because of too much stress, then something like ashwagandha may be the better bet than someone that has just needs more 
or maybe under too much of an endocrine disrupting load, which I think pine pollen is actually helping to not only uh, supply these phytoandrogens, but maybe helping the body to handle endocrine disrupting chemicals as well. That's one of my hypotheses on how it works that I forgot to mention before. It sounds like it would be, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but it'd be nice if people could go through some sort of quick diagnostic process to see which of the testosterone boosting substances or clearing the path for it to be formed substances uh, would be best for them. Yeah, and we've looked at it. It's hard to do any sort of uh, blood or even saliva testing. Often you're still looking at, for any sort of panel that's actually quite useful, you're looking at quite, you know, a couple hundred dollars just to do the the four test. And even with that, you'd still want to take like a kind of a history or intake with a person to really kind of dial it into specific recommendations. And this was, you know, what herbalists and naturopaths, different people that work with this kind of thing will we'll absolutely do. Uh, I have looked at ways, how can we simplify this and be able to do it, but haven't quite hit on the, the right formula yet. So right now what I'm talking about, because it's often uh, speaking one to many, it's like, well, here, here's the information, try it out, see if it works for you. That's kind of the, the best message I got right now, but I would like to get there at some point. Hmm. Okay. So how can people order the pine pollen and, and the other supplements? Like where can they go and do you have any specials running right now? Yep. So lostempireherbs.com is the main website. Then we are doing a, a special through you. So geniuspollen.com. We have a special where's pine pollen, which we've talked about mostly here. We have that available for just one penny plus shipping and handling. This is really like try it out and see if it works for you deal. So if anything I've said here sounds like something that you want, then you're going to want to head to that page to get that. That's our special deal with the hope that we lose money on this. But our hope is that, it, you know, we find the people that it works for and they come back as a regular customer paying our regular prices for the different herbs that we have. Okay, excellent. Geniuspollen.com is the best place to go. Okay. That's right. That's it. All right, Logan. Any, any other uh, ideas or products on the horizon that people should know about? Or, you know, for right now, again, pine pollen is the thing or what's your recommendation? Yeah, I, I mean, we just touched on pine pollen and the, the hormonal aspect, but really at the website, we do have a wide variety of different herbs. Uh, we have a saying at the company that there's an herb for that. So if you're looking at something for fatigue or better sleep or better mood support or immune system support, there are herbs that can help you along those lines. So we have a, a lot of information there. We have a lot that people can read up and, and learn about what we're doing. Uh, because herbs, unfortunately, is not a, it's not a well-known subject. It's not really part of our culture. So we do a lot on the education side because we want to bring people into this. You can be a lot healthier with, you know, herbs aren't the answer to everything. Certainly not. But this is a missing piece that a lot of people could have a lot of benefit from. Yeah, definitely. Well, Logan, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you and learn from you. Likewise. Thanks for having me here, Richard. Remember, before you go, to grab your one penny bag of pine pollen for all the amazing, all natural hormonal support that men and women the world over are raving about. Try it out and see how it works for you. All you have to do is head to geniuspollen.com to grab your bag today. Within days, you may be able to notice greater energy, more focus, added recovery, and more. Again, please visit geniuspollen.com to learn more now. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.